Happy Wednesday afternoon. Welcome back to Mayor's Minutes. It's good to see you once again. Uh, believe it or not, the sun is out. I figured uh, I brought my staff meteorologist with me, Executive Assistant Ryan Hamilton, um, and we're going to talk a lot about his role with the city uh, during the course of the program today. We've got a lot to talk about. And I can see Linda Lambert said, Good afternoon. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, for the fantastic firework display. My grandchildren and I loved it along with the crumble cookies. Well, thank you, Linda. Uh, we had a great time. It was an awesome event. Uh, so for everybody who helped make that uh, possible on the city side, uh, DPW, PD, all of you, it, it was fire department, spectacular event, uh, including the mayor falling. So I want to say this, the mayor fell off the stage. Some people don't know that, so I'm going to say that publicly. There's nothing wrong with me. It's not a physical ailment. I just um, I did the countdown to the fireworks. And I'm on the stage looking this way, looking over my shoulder, as uh, Dan Donahue can attest, and he did the countdown to the fireworks across the street. So as we finished the countdown, I'm turning to look at the fireworks. So I said, I'm going to get down off the stage. Now the lights went down. The stage is black. The asphalt is black. I could have sworn there was a step in between the three-foot stage and the asphalt. Uh, my feet could not find that step. Um, and I went, boom right down. Uh, but despite my advanced years, um, I got nothing but a bruise, thank God. So I'm, I'm, I'm back and fully functional and didn't miss any time at City Hall, did I, Ryan? You did not. You right. get right back up. So, um, so we got a lot to talk about today. Um, and, and so I want to start with the COVID charts uh, so we could do that. Um, uh, and some people say, well, you know, this COVID is over. I don't know. I don't know. So uh, have we got the charts up? Uh, MCS yet? Have we got the charts ready? There we go. So um, only 10 new cases this week, but I'm going to say we had um, uh, six two weeks ago. We had nine last week, and now we have 10. So one of the things I'm going to talk about is the fact that, um, you know, it ain't over till it's over. Yogi Berra said that, right? And so uh, I don't know if you watch the news like me, but there's, you know, discussion of um, people going to Provincetown and whether or not they were fully vaccinated getting it. So uh, we've got to still pay close attention. And just a reminder that as much as I love the event um, Saturday night, it really was spectacular. Um, if you're not vaccinated, please, it's an honor system, you know, keep that mask on. Next slide, please. So it, let's go the good. We're in the green. That's good. I'm going to explain that in a minute. The City Fireworks event, I already said it several times, was spectacular. That, that finish was, it was so good. I'm going to give you a typical Methuen reaction to it. It was so good that the mayor got a text saying, did you spend two years worth of fireworks budget on that? And the answer is no. That was one year. Um, so, uh, and uh, the Atlas Fireworks did a great job. But just a reminder while we're here, personal fireworks are illegal, right? So we've had lots of calls all over the city uh, regarding personal fireworks. They are illegal. And if uh, the police see you, they will cite you. Um, on the good side, it can't rain forever, right? There was a debate at City Hall this morning over whether we should start building an arc or, or not, but... Um, it certainly feels like it's been raining like nonstop forever. So um, even though it can't rain forever, um, uh, just a reminder, now that the sun's out, the Gill Avenue splash pad is fixed and open. Uh, Forest Lake is open every day from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., Monday through Sunday. And the city playground 
programs are opening in full swing. So thank you, Steve Angelo and the rec department. Uh, Billy Manzi, the fourth. Is he the fourth or the fifth? No, he's the fourth because the third was the former mayor. So, um, you know, some great venues available to youth across the city. And, you know, Forest Lake, I keep saying, is like a hidden gem. Uh, I'm going to keep talking about the FY21 budget. So we're in July uh, July 1st began FY22. The process of closing out the year is a pretty involved process from the city. Um, but the news is going to be good. And you're going to be impressed because uh, when we're finished with it, uh, you're going to be impressed by the conservative fiscal approach. And I keep, I'm keep, i going to keep saying this because there are others who are going to keep saying some negative things to put in your mind. Uh, remember that the city of Methuen got $4.1 million less in revenues inflow in FY21, and still is going to come out by the mayor's rough calculation, more than $2 million to the good. We're going to add $2 million of free cash. That's my number. We'll see how close I am. And if I'm wrong, you can say I'm wrong. If we're wrong, I'll come on the program and say, oh, I missed it. Um, but we're going to be in, in the black again. Uh, and that's good, uh, because combined with what we did at the last city council meeting, uh, the city council approved a bond. Um, to buy some of the items in our capital improvement plan. So important for you to understand, not only are we going to finish in the black, we're going to add some debt because we do not have enough municipal debt uh, with that bond. And um, we have a full five-year financial forecast for the first time in the city's history. Going to keep repeating that. Those are good things. And I think when the financial evaluators come to take a look, they're going to be impressed with where we are at the city, the progress we're making. And then last but not least on the good side, the collective bargaining agreements that we're doing with the unions across the city are progressing. Right? Uh, I anticipate having six or seven of them ready for city council in their August meeting to review. And that's good news. Uh, so what's the not-so-good? The not-so-good is we're no longer in the gray. Uh, we're anticipating, you're going to see a slide in a minute that still shows us in the gray because the Boston Globe doesn't update it as frequently anymore. Uh, but we already know in the city that we, we, because we went up to 10 cases, we're in the green, which is still far better than we were, but just a reminder that this thing is still here. And then I'm going to talk about trash issues and see click fix. And I want to pause here, and uh, uh, Jim, I'm probably going to drive you crazy. If we could come out of the charts and go into the slides that Janice sent, the three slides. So I want to talk a little bit about see click fix. Um, so see click fix is available either from your phone or from the city website. Um, there it is. So this is uh, our approach to... Um, Trying to help you understand and provide accountability for the actions that we take. Because, uh, you know, th- there are things that happen. Things don't always work right. And so uh, we want you to report them and see Click Fix because uh, nothing may be happier than hearing Pat Bauer, the director of DPW, say at the budget hearings for FY22. Uh, next year when he comes, he's going to have a, a number of statistics from see Click Fix that he's going to present to the council. And that's really how we want to do this, right? Um, but if you put in an issue on see Click Fix, um, and you don't do it anonymously. And so I want to say that. So we get anonymous ones that say, you know, this, this, does, this is terrible. This is, well, it's hard to get back to you if you, you submit them anonymously. But um, there should be, this is an example of a C-click fix that was put in um, that, um, you know, came in under the um, 
Methuen Mass neighbor. Streetlight issue. My neighbor's overgrown shrubs make it hard to see the stop sign. So you probably can't see that it's at the top of the page. And there's a picture of the actual stop sign, right? And so um, literally what happened is, if you go to the next slide, um, there's the finished result, right? And so uh, accountability is what it's all about. And uh, I'm sure everybody out there said, well, I got one that hasn't been finished. So we're tracking how long it takes to complete the actions and, um, you know, how much manpower is required to do it. Um, And so these are all improvements. So uh, I, I use it as an example um, we had lots of issues with the, the trash schedule related to the July f- uh, 4th weekend, uh, where we stayed on the regular trash schedule, but everybody was expecting a Monday. Um, so we're going to do a better job communicating the calendar. We're going to resend out the calendar in the, um, the uh, Connection newsletter um, in August. You're going to have it for the rest of the year so that everybody can see it again. And then what we're going to do is we're going to make these little cards that we sit in, in the water bill or the tax bill. It comes out at the beginning of the year. So you have them, and you can do what, kind of what the mayor does. I pin them up in my fridge so that I can look at it and say, oh, you know, this is when uh, this is going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. So C-Click Fix is, um, you know, it's a 3 one system. And we're using it to track accountability. Um, and uh, we've got a, a lot of positive feedback from um, the people who developed the system, they said they've rarely seen a, uh, a city, you know, adopt it quite so vigorously. Um, Stephanie Ferrier, who works at the DPW, was the city employee of the month, primarily because of her outstanding work on C-Click Fix. And I, I echo that here. Stephanie, we really appreciate the hard work you're, you're putting in. It makes all the difference in the world. Um, uh, so if you've got an issue, you've got a trash pickup, you know, when the snow flies, if the plowing isn't right, um, you name it. If, if it's a non-911 kind of issue, um, go to see Click Fix. And again, you can, you can download the app and put it on your phone, or you can access from the city website, or you can go directly into see Click Fix. And, and I say this, my preference is, if you're going to do it, please, you know, um, you can do it anonymously, but if you do it anonymously, it makes it hard for us to get information back to you. Right. If you put in your email and you say, I want to track this, and this is one of the coolest features of the C-Click Fix, you get to see all the responses that happen. Right. Um, so that's a really terrific feature. Um, so. All right. So we'll go back to the slides for a minute. Um, Oh, I, I got my first. <laughs> uh, everybody say it was a great day. It was awesome celebration. Well-organized, awesome celebration on Saturday night, but no French fries. <laughs> there were not French fries. Nope. Yeah. And, and the mayor was very unhappy about that. Very unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great fried dough, though. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have French fr- Yesterday was National French Fry Day. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, it was, and I didn't get any French fries then either. So this is the chat. Let me do the charts first, then I'll get out to the uh, um, questions because we had some people write in. Uh, This is actually through June 19th, so the Globe hasn't updated it yet. Um, I guess what I'm telling you is where my purple arrow is, I see us going back green uh, based on the numbers. Now, 10 is still far preferable to where we've been, but um, still there. Next chart, please. This is the male-female split over life of the pandemic in Methuen. Um, 
the last three weeks in a row, the men have outpaced the women. I don't know if that's a trend or what. Go ahead. Next chart. Again, this is by age group. Um, so the 70 plus did not move an iota. Um, I actually can tell you which ones didn't. I got it right here. So in the by age category, the gold stars this week go to the 30 to 39 age group, the 50 to 59 age group, and the 70 plus. The 19, under 19 had three. The 20 to 29 had three. The 40 to 49 had two. And the 60 to 69 had two. So it's still there for people that aren't vaccinated. Go ahead. Uh, this is the incident rate. You can see that uh, still in good shape, even though we've gone back to green. We went from uh, 0.8 to, excuse me, 0.6 to 1.5, I think it was. Let me look at my chart so I can read them from here, too. Um, yeah, 1.5. So uh, we're going to be back in the green by the time uh, the Boston Globe publishes that city map again. And that's far better than being in the yellow or the red. So there's the good news. Next chart. Okay, this is the uh, testing and positive rates. We're at 0.60, which is up from 0.36 last week. That's the positive rate, if you will. Um, the good news is um, we did better than both Lawrence and Haverhill yet again. Uh, and we would like to continue that trend. And if, if to speak of it, here's the three-city comparison. Um, you, you see, and I'm going to keep explaining this. So when we look, these numbers come right from mass.gov. If you go to mass.gov, there's an interactive COVID dashboard that's really cool. So the mayor takes them down from there and puts them here for you. Uh, so that 11 means Methuen over the last two weeks, according to the state, has had um, 11 total cases. Uh, my numbers, which show 10 new cases at the bottom, um, includes probables. That comes directly from uh, our director of inspectional services in the city. Right? So our number is higher. So you can see we're saying 8,092. The state is saying 7,660. So there's a gap of about 400 and change, almost 400. Right? Those are probables that were reported. You can see that uh, Havel had 26 cases over the last two weeks, and Lawrence had 31. Uh, so generally, overall, still a positive trend. Uh, just some signs to be careful of. Um, next chart, we're all in the green. Uh, so uh, Haverhill's positive rate at 1.11. Excuse me, Lawrence is at 1.11. Haverhill's at 1.12. And Methuen's at 0.60%. Right? So we're still leading the pack, and that's how we want to keep it, Methuen residents. All right, let's get into the vaccination data. And I put this chart in just to show you. I take this right from the report that comes from the state. This is as of last Friday, July 9th. So if you go to the first chart, uh, this tells me that um, we've had almost 58%. We're at 58% ball, ballpark with uh, at least the first dose. The state is at 68%. So we're trailing the state, but um, we are making progress, and that's why I show you this number every week. And then down below on the far right, the fully vaccinated, we're at 53% Methuen. That continues to rise ever so slowly, and the state is at 61 So we are making progress, um, and there's another 5% that are partially vaccinated Methuen. So continual progress. We want to see that number in the 80s. Uh, sooner or later. Next chart is fully vaccinated, broken down by years, 
right? So as you would expect, um, at our 75-plus population, we're at 82%, so we're really right on top of the state. Our 65 to 74 years, our percentage of population, we're at 87 versus 85.8 at the state level, so kudos to us. And then the 0 to 64, we're at 47%, where the state is at 56 And the biggest gap there most probably is the under-19, where we were so late getting to them. But I say this to you categorically. We had people at the 4th of July event uh, giving out um, information on the vaccine. And I'm going to say it for the one billionth time. Uh, I tell all the people that I love, everybody I love has gotten the vaccine. All right? So um, if, if, if I was giving you advice, I'd do it too. I know there's issues and concerns on some of the vaccines, uh, to me, the risks outweigh the concerns, right? That's, but this is still America. It's your decision to make. Next chart is uh, by the demographics, you know, broken out by race and ethnicity. You can see that um, on the Hispanic, we're still at 27% versus the state at 42.4. So we've got some ways to go there. Um, you know, there are other... Uh, Ethnicities, uh, black, for example, where we are uh, doing an f- outstanding job. We're at 85.4% of our population vaccinated, right? Uh, so still some ways to go. I guess the point there is, um, you know, we've got some ways to go till we uh, achieve, um, you know, saturation, where we, we're all in a position where, you know, um, we don't have to worry about it. Okay, so I got some comments here I'm going to read first, and then I'm going to talk about a few things, and then we're going to talk to the executive intern here. So, um, and I say that jokingly. Um, Teresa and Joyce said it was an awesome event, 4th of July. Um, Dan Trebilius says, want a second year praise of Steve Angelo and the DPW? My son has been going to drop-in camp and loves it, doing an amazing job, but it's typically like four, six Kids down at the Gill Ave, got to get the word out. Couldn't agree more. So uh, I think one of the things we learned there, Dan, is um, not everybody goes to social media, right? Yep. And unfortunately, the weather hasn't been great either. It has not. You know? I've been building an arc. Yeah. Um, uh, Sandra Collado said, hi, Mr. Mayor. I really enjoyed listening to Tony Pace at the Loop Saturday. It looked like a success. Yeah, it was. i I, I got to be honest with you. Um, and I do want to, I, it's not often I give Ryan kudos as people work with us, I'll tell you. Um, I, I want to tell you that what happened was, Nancy just looked behind the camera and said, you don't give him kudos? Um, so I want you to understand what happened uh, with the cancellation. So we had a band booked to back up Tony Pace. Uh, we had a second band booked. Um, when we lost that because of the weather, and by the way, um, we made the right call there, um, because that Saturday was cold, rainy, just miserable. Um, we were in a scramble. We had to re-up with the food trucks. Uh, we had to um, find a new backup band for Tony Pace. Uh, we had to find a new second band, and uh, Ryan got that done. And the event still was outstanding, so kudos to Ryan. Uh, he only failed on the French fries. Everything else came to fruition. I also want to say... Um, I'm convinced, and I want to know what you think out there in Methuen. Uh, we need some more food truck festivals. Absolutely. So I saw those food trucks. The people were standing 15, 20 deep at most of those food trucks, and that was awesome to see. 
right? So I'm open to ideas from citizens about, you know, having a food truck, a couple food truck days where we get some music and uh, get some food trucks and um, just kind of have variations, right? There's there's this food truck um, that I've asked you several times to try to hunt down that we weren't able to get for yeah. 4th of July called Trace Latinas. I hear it's the be-all and end-all. That right? um, Egg Roll Cafe up in Lowell. Egg Roll Cafe, yeah. It's crazy how far out these these food trucks are booked. Yeah. Trace Latinas was telling me they're booked out until mid-September right now. That's unbelievable. So we should do an event in September so we can get them uh, kind of... Hi, George. Uh, my old childhood friend George Mullen said hello. Hola, uh, señor alcalde. Hola, Rafi. ¿Cómo está? Teresa says, the World Health Organization does not recommend mixing vaccines from different manage- manufacturers for different COVID-19 shots. Here's the news article. That's good. Um, and Mass is listed as the second safest state for COVID-19 statistics. That's great to hear. Um, you know, there's more, um, and I assume you're watching the news like I am, there's more booster talk picking up steam here. All right, and I know, I, I hate to even bring it up because uh, some people can say, oh, it's a, it's a, um, a conspiracy, we don't really need it. Um, and I, I really don't want to get into that. Um, but at the same time, I would tell you, um, you know, uh, I'm worried about the fall, right? And maybe it's just I'm old and Irish, and I worry about things. I just, you know, I, I feel like we've seen this movie before, right? We were doing so well last summer. Um, um, Joyce said that was a good band. Yes, they were. And Nancy said Thwaites was there. No, they weren't. We asked them. Uh, they were unavailable, right? Yep. Unfortunately, uh, they were not. So they were not available. So, um, um, so you know, I, I want to say that uh, I, I see a question coming in. A plan for unvaccinated staff and students for fall for wearing masks and social distancing. Um, so we're going to have the superintendent on, and we're going to talk about that. You know, we, we were doing what we do in the twice-weekly shows. We were doing the superintendent uh, every Thursday. Um, I would tell you that once we get through the month of July, we will bring the superintendent back and start talking about our prepping plans for schools so that we're communicating that enough, and we will do it every week during the month of August. So that She's already booked for the first week. There you go. All right. So um, switching gears. Um, just so people understand, I'm going to hold something up, Nancy, and then you may have to. So this is, I was asked several times the other night at City Council, uh, are you sure it's 26 point? So this is the actual deposit statement that shows uh, the 26.3 million. I don't know if you can see that or not. Let me put that there. So that actually is $26.3 million um, that came in from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts to the City of Methuen. That's the first part of the ARPA uh, that you know, I appealed to the governor, and he responded, and we appreciate that. Um, and then there's another $19 million, um, that the federal government made available to Methuen that we've asked to draw down. None of that will be spent until we um, have our compliance officer on board, and um, we've made progress in that. Uh, the CAFO, just before she went on her well-earned vacation, she's on vacation this week, she... Um, had contacted a, a, an audit firm who was interested in providing that compliance service for the city. So um, we've got an approach there, and you're going to hear more about it as we go forward and what we do. Uh, but we had our first um, in-person departmental staff meeting in my office in probably a year 
Uh, we, we've done them on Zoom. We've done, you know, I've met with each of the department heads individually. We do it every month for financials. Um, but we had our first one in quite some time today, and it was great to see all those folks, too. And I also want to take, before we get into the Ryan part here, as we get to the halfway part of the show, I want to say um, uh, a personal thanks uh, from me to Bill Buckley, who has announced his, he's moving on. He's leaving the city of Methuen employment and going to private uh, business. Uh, he has been a terrific um, associate. He's provided lots of guidance for a new mayor coming in. Um, and he's a wealth of information and was really terrific at his job. Over the course of the next month, uh, we're posting his position, uh, but his position is going to change a little bit. Right, so one of the things we're going to do is I'm going to go to council in, in August with a reorganization plan that says uh, split health and inspectional services from community development. Right, and so I'm convinced that we need a a 100% all-out saturated um, push on community development. And in the interim, we're going to uh, ask uh, Kathleen Caldwell to kind of step in until such time as we interview and hire a permanent. Uh, person, but um, you know, kudos to Bill. We wish him the best of luck. We had a little cake for him at City Hall today. He's going to be with us for a little bit longer through the uh, month of August. Um, but um, he's been an extremely valuable uh, person who cares deeply about the city of Methuen and has done an exemplary job over the terms of many mayors. And he will be missed. Um, and so, good for you, Bill. All right. So my guest today is uh, the effervescent executive assistant to the mayor, uh, Mr. Ryan Hamilton. And I, I think most people, look at look at that face. Every, your mother would love that, right? That's it. So I hope your mother's watching. So um, I, I thought it would be good to start out, you know, um, lots of people see your name in the paper and that, may not understand who you are and what you've done and your background. thought it would be good to give you a little sketch of where you came from there. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I'm, you know... Ryan Hamilton. I'm the mayor's executive assistant, like he said. I'm 23 years old. I'm born and raised here in Methuen. I attended the Marsh Grammar School on the west side of town, and then I went to Methuen High, graduated from there in 2016, and from there I went on to UMass Lowell, and I just graduated a couple months ago. We have, we love River Hawks in Methuen. What was that last class you took? Spanish. And you got a what? A B. A B. A B. Yeah. The mayor did offer to take the final exam for you, did he not? He yes. did. Yeah. He did, but I declined. Yeah. <laughs> Some academic integrity. Um, but yeah, and then um, when I was 19 years old, I decided to run for city council here in Methuen. I ran as an at-large counselor and got elected when I was 20. I served two years on the council from 2018 to 2020, or 2021 was the expiring date, and it was a very interesting experience. We inherited, unfortunately, a lot of issues um, that are some are still going on, um, the police contract, um, the issue with the um, former chief's um, pay, and amongst other things, school department overspending $4 million. It was a master's course in crisis management, for mm -hmm. sure, and it all came very quickly. I remember, I think that's my first summer as a counselor. Oof. We were having about six to seven hour meetings four times a week it was it was a lot but um i think we got a lot done and we really kind of started moving the ball forward to where mayor perry picked up and is now not moving it he is pushing it at flank speed forward which is good 
Um, from there, I, and I ended up joining um, the campaign of Congresswoman Laurie Trahan when she was running for the 3rd Congressional District. Um, she won. We won a very hotly contested Democratic primary by 145 votes. And then she ended up winning the general election. And from there, I ended up joining her office as a staff assistant. Um, and at that point, I, I really had to pick between running for re-election um, for the city council, which I wanted to do, and really um, focusing and, and joining Lori's staff um, at a more permanent full-time basis. And um, it was a very tough decision. It was something I really wrestled with for a couple months. But finally, I, you know, it was one of those things, um, you know, working for a congresswoman, it was just something it was hard for me to pass up, so I ended up taking that opportunity. I didn't seek re-election um, for this current term on the city council. I worked for Lori for about, about three years between her campaign and then in her office. And then from there, um, I came in after my one-year hiatus per the charter was up. I came in and I joined Mayor Perry's staff on July, Jan, January 11th of this year. Yeah. I will never forget that date. And all kidding aside, we're glad to have you. Right? Thank you. I'm glad I'm to have you. Glad to right. be there. It's it's yep. been a lot of fun um, with Jana, so, with the mayor, with yep. Michelle. We really have a great group in there. So let's talk about because I think um, I think one of the mistaken impression uh, is that you're basically the mayor's gopher. You, you go do my shopping. You go wash and wax my car. Um, Only snow. <laughs> I wish. Um, so. Talk a little bit about some of the things that you've had responsibility and accountability for just in the time since you've come onto the team. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been here, obviously, for about six months. And, you know, when I first got here, you know, City Hall was closed. We were really in the dark doldrums of COVID. Um, You know, there were a lot of um, City Hall, not a lot, but there were City Hall employees who were working at home. So it was kind of a different atmosphere than I was used to when I was on the council and really coming into a building where, you know, everyone was present. If you had a question for someone, you could talk to them. Um, but one of my first big responsibilities when I came into the mayor's office was um, involving the COVID clinic that we all set up in um, at the Loop. And when I say we, I really do mean we because this was a collaborative between, you know, the mayor's office, the health department, Felix Emmel, um, Deb Rillahan, now Nancy Zabo, Bill Buckley, um, the rec department, Billy Manzi came in and joined um, – it was, you know, and Nancy Hudson, it was just, you know, a real collaborative of City Hall getting together, working hard, everyone having their different responsibilities. You know, Felix was really in charge of the setup of the um, recording of the shots of a lot of the technical health aspects. And I was in charge of um, kind of running the floor a bit once we got there, gaining volunteers, which we had so many of. I mean, Deb Valancourt, Chris St. Ange. Um, Tony, uh, who else? I can't forget anyone. Say Ferullo. Oh, Karen yeah. Ferullo. Yeah. Yes, yeah. of course. The inf- the fantastic, infamous, yeah. infamous <laughs> Karen Ferullo, who was great giving out shots and whose team was there to help. We had a bunch of volunteer nurses to start. Yep. Um, it was great, and and it was something that really folk. It was something that needed attention. I would say it was a whole yep. week's process, especially once we started doing. You know, 250 to anywhere from 250 to 1,000 shots. We were doing them two times a week. It was it was a lot for, yeah. a, truthfully, a mainly volunteer operation. Yeah. Um, 
but we did it. We had a lot of great people who helped us, and it, it ended up being a success. I think you know I heard nothing but glowing reviews from the yeah. residents that that got yeah. their vaccine. And it was great there. to get out and see the people, right? It um, was. So I I, I think you kind of downplayed a little bit uh, your role on the volunteer part. So eventually we were able to get a grant that helped us pay the nurses uh, who were so essential because we you can't give the shots without the nurses. Um, but before that happened, you were able to use your resources to reach out mm-hmm. and get nurses yep. volunteering. Um, also, thank you to Holy Family Hospital, who amen. I remember Felix reached out to, and they there were a bunch of nurses that signed up, and yep. they gave us their contact information. Yeah. You know, And the great thing was mo- most of the nurses who volunteered and then eventually got paid were mostly Methuen residents, yeah. which was phenomenal. You know, volunteering in their yep. community, helping us get this out, it was, it was great. It was, it was a great way to end your week on a Friday, for it sure. Was. Very rewarding. I would say the community response to kind of rallying around and helping has been terrific, significant, Absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. So you never have to doubt that in Methuen. Okay, so, um, so COVID clinic. Talk a little bit about, you know, your transition. You were a counselor before, and now you're working for the city side. You know, are there things you see now that you look at differently than, you know, you looked at before? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you're you're a counselor, you know, my kind of motto as a counselor was to be present but not overbearing. You know, when, you know, if I, I really saw the counselor, a counselor's role when it came to, especially meetings as, you really judge and jury. Yeah. You know, you, you, get the, you get your packet about a, five days before your meeting. If you have any questions, call department heads, ask the mayor. And then, you know, most times, unless it was a very controversial issue, I was coming to a city council meeting and I knew 95% of the votes I was going to take because mm-hmm. I had already had the information. The backup information was provided to me. Um, it really was something that I thought was pretty straightforward. Um, and for that reason, you don't have as much interaction with city employees. Yep. You really you see department heads, you communicate with them, the mayor, his staff. But that's been something that's been a pleasure of mine ever since coming into City Hall is just to really get to meet the city employees, see what they do, see the effort and the amount of work they put into the job and the pride they take in their job. It's, it's just... Not that I ever doubted it before, but just seeing it firsthand, meeting them, it's, it's been, it really gives you a lot of faith in your yep. city government. It's good to hear. So uh, what's one of the biggest surprises since you've come back to work for the city? I will Can't say. Give you all easy ones, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So I will say, when I was there, and this is really not meant to be any disrespect towards anyone, but when I was on the council, the, the there was very little trust between the executive branch and, and the mayor's office. Mm-hmm. Um, some deserve some, in my opinion, not as much. But that, that was just really how it was. There was not a good, particularly good working relationship. Um, you know, having helped out on your campaign and having known some of the new counselors and having worked with some of the counselors that got elected to this next group, I thought that I really thought that that was going to change. I really noticed that maybe there was a different way to achieve an objective between you and some of the counselors and some of the counselors and themselves um, and their colleagues. But I thought the objective itself was everyone understood it. Everyone was on the same page. And um, unfortunately, to start off that, I thought there was still that level of of distrust. 
um, that I didn't necessarily think was warranted. Um, but I'm definitely, ever since I've been in the office, I, I really believe that that's starting to turn around. You know, you're, you're never going to have anyone agree with you 100%. You say that all the time, and that's not what you expect. But I feel as though when it comes to the council and the mayor, um, there's a lot more trust both ways when it comes to a majority of the council and, and the mayor. And I think that's mm-hmm. positive because I think, I think you need that. I mean, unfortunately, we all know what happened in 2017. It, yep. it wasn't good, but, you know, there is a difference between due diligence and just not trusting someone. Agreed. And we need to find that middle ground that we do our due diligence as a – that the council does its due diligence as yeah. it should be by the charter – but that it, it works with the mayor because yeah. we're all in there for the same goal. Yeah, I love that you brought that up. Uh, I got a call from a resident last week, and the gentleman asked some great questions. And he had watched the um, council meeting was asking me about the bond. And, and I want to, re- you know, I, I think I said a little bit of this on last week's show, but I'm going to repeat it just for uh, he had excellent questions. He said, Mayor, why are we investing in debt? And, and I said, look, um, you know, one of the things that I'm painfully aware of is there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. Overrunning your budget by X million, by $4 million, is, is a bad debt, right? And, and financial evaluators and everybody around will react to that. I worry sometimes that our community is so focused on that past event that now all debt is seen as bad. We have to be careful there. So we put forward a nine-point X million dollar bond last week because the cost of money is not bad right now. It's actually very good. And so we've got $45 million once-in-a-lifetime money coming in from the federal government that we want to do certain things across the city. And I'll give you an example. We, I asked Pat Bauer and Daryl Lorenza, I need the top five to ten water-slash-sewer projects in the city. So we can look at those, and they can be part of this blackboard that we pick in conjunction with the Finance Committee and the Council so that we, we know what we're doing for the city. So there's no mystery on what we're doing. But the $9 million, come back to the $9 million bond, in that is two point, two point X million, don't hold me, for the, to replace the roof of the CGS, which needs it. All right? Now you could say, may we shouldn't borrow that money. I'm telling you that we did a full five-year fiscal forecast that tells us we need to build up our debt a little. Otherwise, uh, the financial analysts will look and say, you're not carrying enough debt. And so we have planned this out accordingly. Um, and I say that, you know, I think back to the beginning of the show when I talked about the two million that we're going to, two plus million that we're going to put in free cash again. Right? We're building our resources for a rainy day. At the same time, we're borrowing money while the cost of money is cheap to to replace Six police cars that are so outdated, right, that we, we don't want our officers really driving around. You don't want officers pursuing people in those cars. Um, <coughs> uh, to buy the truck that we planned to buy last year with the money from the Public Safety uh, Stabilization Fund that Chief Sheehy graciously used to save people when we were going to have to cut people at the beginning of the pandemic, right, to, to get another ambulance, Right, all the things that uh, a community works—the the roof at the CGS—that there are things that you can't wait on. It's not wine; it does not get better with time. Right, so um, proper financial planning involves spending money, right, and, and incorporating debt into part of your overall plan. 
And I guess my appeal to the citizens is don't let that, that one occurrence, I don't know, four years ago, is that what it was, about four years yeah, ago? Yeah, about four years ago. We can't let that, that should be a lesson we learned, that we don't want to have that repeated where we overrun a budget. That's a bad debt. But at the same time, you can't let it cloud your whole fiscal approach. You need to move forward and build your resources. And I guess, you know, when I say the word transparent, I'm saying to you all of the sheets are out there. When we finish the, the, um, the year-end figures, which will probably be at the end of the month, it takes a long time to calculate them all in the city government. Uh, and then our free cash is frozen until October, till the state certifies it. Um, but you're going to see all the numbers. We're going to post it. You can go see, you know, that the $2.8 I talked about from last year is the number. It's on the website. All right? You can see the revenue. You're going to see what our FY21 number is as soon as we finish it. Um, and that's important for you to be able to develop some trust. Again, you know, the word trust in your local government. And people say, you know, why do you do this? Because um, somebody asked a couple minutes ago, hey, you know, um, if you don't run, are you still going to, I mean, if nobody runs against you, you're still going to do, like, absolutely going to go talk to groups, right? Neighborhood uh, reinvigoration was a central part of my plan. They kind of got waylaid by the pandemic. So I keep saying this, the, the camera program, which is going to come up in the August City Council meeting, is just one component of the neighborhood revitalization plan, right, so that we're all kind of involved in on the board. So we got a question that came in for you. Um, oh, I love this question. Um, Ryan, what are some of the goals of projects you, do you have and, and doing now that will help the city of Methuen? Are there projects that residents can help you with? Absolutely. So I actually I have two main ones right now. One's a bit of a long-term project that I will definitely need some residents' help, and the second one's a bit of a short-term project that we're actually going to be instituting, hopefully, by the beginning of August. So the first project is we're actually, the city, with the with a um, possible castle fund grant, will be ordering some kayaks and some, um, what, am I, what am I blanking on? The um, paddle boards. Paddle boards, thank yeah, you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Kayaks and <laughs> paddle boards to use on Forest Lake. Yeah. So these paddle boards will be for adults. They'll be for kids. We're going to have all different sizes, and then we're going to have hire a company. I don't want to interrupt you. To use, but also to teach people how yeah, to use, right? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then we're hiring a company who is going to you to teach kids and monitor and yeah. you know allow them to learn on Forest Lake because they say that the best place to learn how to paddle board is a lake because it's calm water compared to an ocean which is a little more obviously choppier. So that's something that's more in the short term. We're looking to get that instituted in August, and then hopefully come next year we're going to have it throughout the whole year at Forest Lake. And then we also have another couple revitalization projects on Forest Lake. You know, the mayor has mentioned multiple times, um, you know, parks, recreation. That's something we're really focusing on. We have a fantastic new recreation director in Steve Angelo and Billy Manzi in his office. They do great work. So we are also thinking of adding a new jungle gym and place that to Forest Lake, amongst other things. And then my long-term project, which is absolutely going to need the support of the residents of Methuen, is we're looking to, as the mayor just hinted, his segues, perfect timing, community groups within the city, in different parts of the city that will be put together 
to advocate for things that need to be changed or how they feel, whatever way, it, throughout the city. So we're looking to do some groups. The goal is to have a project group, one that can be really the model for the city. Set that up first, kind of see how it goes, learn what works, learn what doesn't, and then really try to institute it citywide. So that's can, that's an initiative coming out of the mayor's office, but it's also in partnership with the an economic development department that's going to help a bit. And then, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to that because I think it's something that Methuen's never really had. And I think it would just help the residents so much in terms of communication with each other, but also with their representative government on issues that they think need you to be. You've got a love button. Somebody just hit the love button. That was great. Elevated. Yeah. Yeah. Because unfortunately, it feels as though sometimes in Methuen, we all get together when there's a crisis and then we kind of fade away which i understand because we all have lives we have you know a lot of people this is a big family community children stuff like that but it'd be nice if we can keep that constant communication with within the community together yeah and let me add to that answer Teresa, with something really tactical here so i think one of the things that the residents can help ryan with is the mayor is constantly on ryan saying ryan does all the press releases that come out of the city so the mayor will say i want a press release about this and then ryan's job is to make it happen um, you know, um, communication, uh, I hope we've shown that it means a lot. Um, and we've tried to step it up, right? Now, clearly, I think the social media part of it, we, we've addressed. We're, we're getting that message out. But not everybody's on social media, right? So we have the newsletter that goes to every home, but that, that's going to be every other month, Right? Um, over and above that, what are the ways, you know, how, how you can help Ryan is, what are the ways that we could communicate additionally to people that aren't following social media or whatever, right, so that they can understand? And I use, and I say this, I open Pandora's box, you know, I use the trash example of the holiday, uh, the July 4th holiday is a perfect example. Um, we did a lot of messaging around it, including on this show. Um, but it didn't permeate a wide enough audience because a lot of people you know, we're accustomed to the Monday non-holiday pickup, the holiday Monday non-pickup or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important that we continue to kind of assess our communication methodologies and kind of look at what, what are, the, are there better ways that we could get information out to um, citizens. Now, we, we had a hue and cry, and I'll be honest with you, for people saying, hey, you know, it would have been great to have a reverse 911, and we can do that. I will also tell you that when we were doing some reverse 911s when I first got in, we started doing them almost like once a week. And we got feedback saying, ah, too many. So uh, I, I throw it out to the citizens. If there's other means we can, we can take to kind of keep you informed on important things that happen in the city, we're, we're open to discussing them. Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, one of the other projects he's also working on with the chief of staff is um, uh, the new website, right? So um, it should not be lost on you, and this is not a slim. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the existing city website, and we've we've got something pretty much ready to to go. So uh, that's exciting news that we will launch, and we will go through it on this show when we launch it. And in terms of the website, we are soliciting pictures, yeah, from the community. Great catch, yeah. That um, will be displayed on the website. We'll look. You know, Methuen has so many beautiful buildings, beautiful scenery. You know, if anyone would like to send the city pictures, please, like Nancy Reardon. Nancy, yeah. Nancy Reardon is she got a, a lot phenomenal of yeah. photographer. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'd, we'd really appreciate that. 
Yeah, I heard a groan from over there. That sounded like the Mutual Admiration Society was taking over. So, <laughs> um, we got another question that says, Ryan, what do you find so far to be the most challenging about your new job? It sounds like an exciting and challenging job. Thank you for your service. Don't say the mayor is always picking on me. No. No. <laughs> no. We just have fun in the mayor's office. Um, <laughs> in terms of challenges, really, it's. I wouldn't call it as much of a challenge, but it, one of the good things is really just is is learning because when you're a city councilor, you know, you're you kind of you get the legislation and, and you vote on it. That's yeah. that's really your your role. And if you know someone calls you with a constituent services issue, you take you try to take care of that as best as possible. Yeah. But when you're in the mayor's office, you're really you know you're 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 really preparing the meal, I guess you could say to. To give to the city council to you know take care of, but um, and that's been the challenge is really learning the ins and outs of how municipal government works and works properly. Um, you know, I'm I'm very lucky to have not only served with the people in the mayor's office that I do, but also you know I've learned a lot from people who have been in Methuen City Hall for. For a while, you know, I mean, you just mentioned Bill Buckley. I'm in Bill Buckley's office usually at least three, four times a week, you know, bouncing off questions. You know, he was in a role similar to mine at at my age, and now he's in this role. So he's been a wealth of knowledge. Jack Wilson, Maggie, I mean, all the department heads. It's really been being a sponge and absorbing a lot of the municipal actions that really has been a challenge for me and learning how to do things the proper way, you know, has been has been a challenge, but I think now six months in, I'm really getting the hang of it and, and moving forward, which is which is good. So I can expect more productions, that was just... Absolutely. Double right. the production. Uh, thank you, George, for your nice comment. Anomalous. My good friend Anomalous is on. Across all the areas my work intersects with, mental health, community engagement, academia, education, outreach and advocacy, writing and more, communication is the single most important area consistently. It is also the single least respected understood, and are critically engaged area in almost all of these. I've been glad to see the degree of emphasis the Methuen City Government and Services sector is putting into communication development. Every other area of important work is going to be dependent on these gains. That's a fantastic anomalous, you know, one of these days we've got to have lunch, my friend, but couldn't have said it better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, that's really the thought process behind some of the community groups and us trying to kind of do that is, you know, Mayor, I know you agree with this because we've had that conversation, but the goal of our of the mayor's office is really to build something that will hopefully last much longer than when you're the mayor and I'm the executive assistant. You know, yeah. we want to build something that lasts yeah. because, you know, that was something I remember I wasn't on, I wasn't a part of the mayor's office at the time, but I remember Jana saying, you know, as much as the transition with the Jujuga administration was, was a very smooth one and they were very helpful, there are some things that are just not set up for for transitions within right. city government. Yeah. I know boards and commissions are one of them, which yeah. is another role and responsibility that I've really taken over. That the mayor provided me with a phenomenal updated list, which was very helpful, but was something that you had to yeah. put together yourself. So. so I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah. So um, only my friends and supporters get on boards and commissions, correct? No, only my friends. <laughs> um, no, honestly. Um, no, it, truthfully, you know, we get submissions all the um, we get when we get submissions. You know, I get them, and I put them into our database on um, Teams, and then I go through them, and you know, 
and we see who's a good fit for what. A lot of it has to do with openings. A lot of it has to do with what people want to do, the time commitment. Um, it's it's challenging, I will say, because right now, knock on wood, um, in terms of I would call them the top tier boards that everyone wants to get on, Board of Health, Economic Development, Disability, um, and the um, um, Council on Aging, we don't have many openings right now, if any. I know Board of Health full. I know um, Disabilities full. Council on Aging has a one person expired. So, you know, there's not a lot of openings right now, but, you know, everyone gets a fair shot. That's yep. what I can say. Yep. And we're very lucky. We have a lot of people currently on the boards that are well qualified and like what they're doing, and we appreciate their service. And we also have a good amount of people who are looking to volunteer their yep. services, which is great. And, um, you know, another plug, two boards that we're really looking to emphasize because they've been um, defunct for, I guess, is a good word for the past, you know, couple years are the Forest Lake Commission um, because the mayor has made it a priority to really emphasize Forest Lake and, and spend some money in there. So we're really looking to fill that board back up if anyone has interest and as well as the Youth Commission, which um, yep. we're working with Council for Retro, a little yep. executive and city council partnership to try to really build that up as a place where we can put some of the um, board members from yep. some of the certain um, sports leagues as well as some people who are interested in the arts and other types of yeah. youth activities. It's not going to be st- strictly sports. We want it to be all-encompassing so they can really work close with, with um, Steve Angelo. Yeah, I think, um, you know, so one of the things I want to do there, just to be crystal clear, is I talked to Danielle Osorio um, who I think is now the former president of Bethune Soccer. Um, I believe so. But you yeah. know how that title is. Yeah. That was like Judy. Yeah. And so, um, you know, one of the things I talked to her and I started talking to Council for Retros about, I, I think we need to take Council for Retros CARES team. Uh, there's too many CARES in the city. Uh, I know. Thing. And the Youth Commission, we need to talk about what's our strategy. What are we trying to do with these groups? Are they two separate groups? Is it one group? And how do we define a vision for the group right before we start populating it? So uh, that's an important thing for us to do. Um, yeah, Nancy said, I think Ryan means their term expired, not the person. So she, yeah, yeah. exactly correct. Yes, <laughs> yes, their term expired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, term, <laughs> not person. Yeah. All right. So we, we got three minutes left here, Ryan. The hour went by fast. It because did. You would, yeah. So, so it happens when you get two thing, Irishmen in a room together. Two Irishmen chatting away. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's one thing that I didn't prep you for or we didn't ask you a question that you wanted to say to the community? Um, well, first thing I saw on here on the chat that I'm looking at um, is Methuen still offering shots. So we are. We are partnered with Greater Lawrence Community Health Care Center on Pelham Street. Um, and also Greater we Lawrence are... Greater Family Health. Family Health, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then we're also... <laughs> we're, we also are administering shots for people who are homebound. Yeah. And the South Lawrence East is also giving out shots. Their, um, their availability is Tuesday through Saturday. So we, there are still very... Many options, but unfortunately, the city of Methuen is not. Um, we don't have our COVID clinic. Well, and, and, and the reality is uh, the last several clinics we ran, we, we staffed it with six to eight people mm. and gave no more than six to eight shots, right? I know. So yeah, it, was it became a diminishing returns. A really. far cry so, from the thousand shot day. But we do appreciate um, uh, 
the help from Greater Lawrence Family Health on Pelham Street and all their hard work. Um, you know, they've, they've been a terrific partner in the city, and so, yes, shots are still available. Anything else? Yeah, um, you know, thank you for having me on here. And for all those well, in... Well, people don't know you're the show's producer, so to speak, I, You right? know, yeah. sometimes i got to get out from behind the camera, that's all, um, <laughs> and get in front of it. But, you know, I'd just like to say that... Um, in terms of election season, mm-hmm. um, the last day to poll papers is a week from this Friday. The date would be 23rd. the 23rd. Yep. And then the last day to um, submit them would be the 27th, the following Tuesday of July. And, you know, I just want to say from my experience, running for city council was a great experience. You get to meet so many good people. You get to represent your community um, it was an honor, and it was a privilege, and I would recommend anyone who's thinking of running or wants to get involved, whether it be city council, school committee, you, you know, I know we have two phenomenal people running for the Nevins trustee. Um, I would recommend to do it. You, it's one of the, it's an experience you'll really, you'll never have, Yeah. you do know, you, you'll never regret, I should do, say. Do you see yourself running for office again? Oh, I can ne- you can never say never. There you go. Typical but, Irishman. Typical yeah. Irishman. I'll leave the door. Yes I'll leave no. the door open. Yeah, yeah. All right. So. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I Thank appreciate you for having it. me. Um, and uh, just a reminder. So, if we could put the, uh, we have a Zoom coming up on Monday, uh, the nineteenth. I, I think you got another slide here that hopefully shows. Um, um, learn about the recommendations for the Merrimack Street Business Corridor. If you're interested in that. Um, we're going to be talking about traffic calming, pedestrian safety, marketing, facade and site improvements on Merrimack Street. There's a Zoom meeting on July 19th, 2021 at 6 p.m. to discuss the finding and recommendations. Uh, if you go out to the City of Methuen website, you'll, you can sign up to participate in the meeting by registering. Um, register by noon on the meeting day, and you'll be sent a Zoom link. Um, and that looks something like this. I don't know if I, I, I was told we sent that. To, there you go. There it is. Um, so that is, um, you know, help the businesses. And, and I don't want to close the program with this. So I was super psyched, um, not only with how smoothly the event ran at the Loop, but in all the traffic we were able to generate for the Loop businesses. As I think, you know, one of the things, I, I belong to one of these uh, Facebook groups that talks about, you know, dining out. I won't name the site. And... Um, you know, I see a lot of the service was slow. This, I, I think, you know, we've all got to kind of take a step back and understand that these businesses have been tremendously impacted by COVID and they're having a hard time firing, finding help. Uh, so it was thrilling to see the Loop businesses get the volume of business that they got Saturday night. The new one-stop liquor is open. Make sure you get in there and, and test it out. We're continuing to work. Uh, we've got Jersey Mike coming in out there at the Loop soon. Um, good subs. Um, and, and more good news coming, right? Uh, so we're going to focus on some of the positive news. Uh, stay positive in the meantime. If you have questions, reach out to Ryan in my office at City Hall or reach out directly to me. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Stay healthy and enjoy the sunshine today and tomorrow. Uh, God bless.